All right, ladies and gentlemen, time for Offside to get back in your ears. We are without Jen right now because we are rocking this on a whim, and I'm cramming two shows into one. Got Jamie Ansey sitting down. He's the equipment manager for the Coal Harbor Colts. You all know the deal with the Colts. We do the social for the Colts. We do all the game calling for them. So we'll be talking Colts talk right off the get-go, right off the hop. And you guys have all been following along. And, of course, riding shotgun, the man who picks up the phone anytime I call, Mr. Kyle Outridge. Boys, how's the day shaking out? Starting with you, Jamie. Uh, day's going well. It's, it's game day, so uh, I'm always jacked up on Friday mornings uh, during game day uh, when the Colts play at home. So it's, it's a good day, and... Uh, Four big points coming up over the next couple of days, so I, uh, I, ha- I want the guys to uh, get those points uh, as much as the next guy does. And Kyle, how about yourself, buddy? How's Friday treating you? Well, sir, it's a much better day because I'm back on the air with you guys, and uh, OHT is always my team, and uh, hey, man, it's Friday, so, you know, smiles up. I mean, it is Friday the 13th, though. I don't know if you want to mention <laughs> that. But I'm just going to go out there and throw that out there. So, But all things considered, we're doing very well, minus, you know, some uh, Ontario... COVID numbers going through the roof and causing heck for hockey around here, but we'll talk about that another time. How you doing, brother? You know what? Not to, not shaking out too bad. The uh, the bad vibes over the past couple of weeks are starting to fade away a little bit, so I'm feeling a little bit more like myself, as you probably hear in the voice. So, jacked up, ready to go. It's Colts game day, so we set out the hop. We'll talk about the Colts first. I gotta say, you know, right now we're rocking a you know an zero and two little streak here. We're on a two game losing skid. We got one of our rivals coming in, the Sackville Blazers. Uh, looking to wreak havoc on the uh, Cole Harbor Colts. They're 3-0 and on the season. Um, looking like a wrecking machine, but you know what? As I said in all the posts today so far, the O has got to go, and I think it starts tonight. I'm looking at this team and saying, you know what? They're going to break out of the slump, and Jamie, you alluded to it a moment ago. Four big points up for grabs. You look at the standings. The Colts want to climb over top of East Hans this weekend and try to position themselves better within their division but it's a tough task. You look at the uh, Sackville Blazers, a team that is well put together. Obviously, like I said, undefeated. So you don't go undefeated for no reason. And then, of course, tomorrow you have an easier kind of game. But a team you should still take seriously. Jamie, I'll start with you. Going into this game, you showed me videos all week long about the team being amped up for practice. I've been getting messages and texts and emails from the coaches and things. You know, let me know the guys are focused, you know. Brady Stubbs, you know, liking the post and making sure that he's getting his name out there, you know, saying the horsepower is ready to rev. So, for you, what do you think these guys got to do tonight to pick up a victory against Sackville, and where does it start within this team? Uh, the biggest thing is we've got to capitalize on power play opportunities. Um, you've seen it for yourself. Um, the last game against Liverpool, um, it's, the game started off slow. No scoring in the first period. Um, but we've got to uh, capitalize on our chances. Um, you got to talk to Kyle Sexton there during the second intermission, and he hit the nail on the head. Um, we've really got to get those power play uh, opportunities uh, going, and we've got to score goals on the power play. Um, tonight we have to come out on top um, because, you know, it's been proven when Sacco scores first, uh, we've, we've uh, had to come back. So, it's important to come out on top, get a, get the first goal, and um, and do do what we've been doing. Um, play cold hockey. Uh, we've got a lot of sandpaper players. We've got players that can score goals, and and we've got to come out on the on the, on top uh, for sure. So um, yeah, it's just it's 
you've seen it yourself in the last couple of games, so I really don't have to sugarcoat it. But um, <laughs> we really, we really got to come out on tackle. It, it's a big two points, um, and and another big two points in Brookfield on Saturday. Um, we'll talk about the, Brookfield uh, in a second. We'll, we'll focus just on the Sackville yeah. game for now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, as far as the Sackville game, we just we just got to come out on top and and uh, bang and crash like we've been doing, and uh, to stay out of the penalty box and. And when we do get the power play, we've got to score goals. Um, whether they play Fisher today or they play Bickram, two good goaltenders, and we've got to we've got to really uh, pounce on the opportunities when they uh, when they come up. Now, Kyle, I mean, you've been uh, checking the Colts out from a distance, and obviously, it's always good to get an outsider uh, point of view on what's going on with this squad. So, you look at the Colorado Colts. Obviously, come out flying, eleven-two victory in their first game. Uh, you know, then obviously back-to-back losses. You want this team to do well. You listen to Jamie, and obviously I can echo that. You know, you got to capitalize on the power play. If you're not doing that, then you got an issue right out the way. And right now it looks like a power outage. Um, for you, when you see a team struggling a little bit, and you, you hazard to say the word struggle, you're only three games in, but, you know, you're behind the eight ball when you only got 20 games to play in the season. What do you think these guys need to do to pick it up tonight? I mean, I don't know how much you've seen of the boys, but, I mean, I'm sure you've seen some dribs and drabs. What would you say this team needs to do to spark that offense? Well, you know, uh, with my with my other side of junior hockey talk and novels, and I follow all Canadian junior hockey. So I've been I've been definitely following. I mean, it's one of the few leagues that are up and running and actually playing meaningful hockey. So um, I watched that eleven to one game. I mean, what a, what a game! What an offensive show out! Um, but you haven't seen anything like it since. And um, I mean, different competition, a little stiffer. I mean, you know, you come out with all your all your juices jacked up because you know you're getting the season going, everything's ready to run and go, and all the boys are jacked up. You get you get feeling good, and then you run into a team that's playing playing just as good as you are, right? So um, you definitely sit, sit them back in their seats, but uh, it's 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 adversity time, and and like you said, Jimmy, um, you know, only 20 games. You don't got time to waste, so uh, it's time to get up. You got these boys; they got to find a way to get the puck to the net. And uh, hey, man, they're not all going to be pretty goals. You're going to have to get some garbage goals. Get in front of the net, um, start banging bodies, do what you got to do, get that puck to the net, and, and just try and bang in some some garbage goals and and, and get the, the juices flowing the right way. Um, the, I, I've watched the Colts. I've watched a bit of the preseason too, and um, I mean. The boys can play. The boys are there. They they just got to get back to what they were doing in that in that big win game, and uh, I, I don't see no reason why they can't turn it around. I mean, the season's not over yet, but um, you know that that little chime in the back of your head saying you got to go and you got to go now. So uh, empty the gas tank and uh, go Colts go. Yeah, tonight I think yeah, we when... were. Go ahead, Jamie. We were we were down against Liverpool, and if if, if uh, you saw the video, Kyle um, Stubbs. He's been resentless in the last four years. He's our captain this year for a reason. Uh, we were down two nothing. Um, we were penalty killing, and he scored a shorty. Shorty, and it, that was a huge lift for us. Um, but then we we take a penalty. So uh, as I just mentioned, we've got to stay out of the penalty box. Um, Sackville will pounce on their opportunities. When we were in Sackville, their their power play was top notch, and um, we've got and to. Um, not have them on the power play. We need to stay out of the penalty box because we made it two-two, um, and then a defenseman got um, burnt and yeah. uh, took took a, took a penalty. So uh, no, we we do have a young defense, um, and that's something I'll talk about possibly later. Um, but you know, it's the biggest thing is for us tonight. We've got to stay out of the penalty box, and uh, we can't have yeah. uh, 
you know, stop scoring four goals to win a hockey game. Like, um, James and yourself, Kyle, weren't there last year in game five. We beat Sackle in double overtime because of Stubbs, and, you know, that's the type of team we are, but really we've got to stay out of the penalty box. Yeah, and that's for everywhere in junior hockey. I mean, you see it so time and time again with junior hockey teams, good teams too, teams that have, you know, all the all the, all the the talent to go all the way, but uh, if you can't stay out of the box, you're, you're, you're at the end of the day, you're playing a man down, and, uh, you know, in the NHL, you know, you see it, it's more like a, uh, it's like clockwork. You see these guys just move the puck around, and it is what it is. But junior hockey is such a big part of the game, and a team that can really home in on the power play and, and put points up, uh, they're gonna they're gonna do damage. And you see it every year. The team that stays disciplined, the team that can play five on five, and uh, you know find that secondary scoring, like you just said. Uh, you know when you got one guy scoring all your goals, it's easy to shut down one guy. So. Um, the team's got to come together, and the boys got to get up and uh, get it going on offense for well, sure. Well, another line for me that's really got to start rolling here and, and get together, and I know they're young, and um, you know I've taken a little bit of heat from uh, coaching staff and management for for pumping their tires a little too hard, maybe setting the bar maybe a little too high for the you know the attainable limit. But it's Tyler Puma, Canning, and Good. Um, you know they're the high school connection line. They're the leading scorers in their league last year. Um, the three of them are all together. They can play on this team together. They've been out there together. Their offense needs to click. I know Tyler Puma's got five goals, but he scored four of those in the first game and one of those in the second and hasn't done anything really since. Um, I want to see pop out of that line. I know Tyler Puma can play the body. I want him to see you throw that body around as well. Um, Jamie, you alluded to the young D. You know what? The young defensemen are there, but you, you have a guy like Crosley who's your anchor back there. And can definitely, you know, set the tone and, and get guys going the way they need to go. But unfortunately, the fact is you don't have grizzled vets. You don't have these guys who've been there for two, three years. You have a lot of these guys coming over from high school. And, you know, I, I say Big Ben King, you know, the the poor man, Sedano Chara with his stick. He's got to be more active with it and get more in lanes. And, you know, during the first period against Liverpool, they were there. They were doing that. But then all of a sudden, they just got back on their heels. And one thing I said to Brian Vino which is the ops manager for the Colts, is I said, hey, you know, as soon as they get scored on, they go into a shell. They don't come back out fighting or swinging. It seems like they get back on their heels, and it takes them a very long time to get back on an even footing. And I want to see this game against Sackville. I've been building it all week. The fun thing about doing the social media is I can build it the way I want. This is a rival game to me, and I know, Jamie, you probably agree with me. This is a rivalry game. You want to win these games. These are feathers in your cap, but they're big points. You lost the first one. That was in their barn. So now we got to protect our house. We got to get the victory tonight, and then we go over to Brookfield, a team we rolled over 11 to two in our home opener. Now you know they're not going to be so nice to us when we show up in their barn. They're going to want to do some damage, and they've picked up a victory themselves this season over a pretty good team. So what do you think is going to happen now? And Kyle, I'll start with you first. You go into a team's barn that you stomped 11 to one in your home opener, or 11 to two. And now they want a little bit of revenge. Do you think the game's going to be chippy, or do you think the Colts will have their way with them again? Well, uh, I'm going to say this: from uh, a man of watching a lot of junior hockey in my time uh, and playing a little bit himself, uh, you can't you, you're kidding yourself if you don't think these boys are coming out with a little bit of extra wanted blood on on their hands. I mean, uh, these boys they they took a they took a they took a good chicken in the teeth. And uh, they they had to swallow that, and you can't you can't you can't sit here and kid yourself saying they haven't had this date circled to to get some revenge. And 
It's gonna be a it's gonna be a hard fought game. I can tell you that there's no there's no gonna be no free ice in this game. Um, you're not gonna find no uh, no big openings. I'm sure these guys are gonna have every bit of energy they need to to keep the tank running. So, um, but that's where it comes back to. You know, you're gonna have to play discipline. There's gonna be those chippy little plays. There's gonna be post whistled chirping. Um, but you gotta keep your head because once you get down a man, uh, you're giving them the you're giving them all the power. So. Um, Play within it. Play within the whistles. Play hard every 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 shift. You got to do that. But uh, this is when you know you really gotta you really gotta hone in on that uh, that that discipline will will get you to the end and be a shot to be there. And hey, what better way to beat them than beat them on the scoreboard? Hey, Kai, and that says a hundred percent correct, Jamie. What do you think tomorrow with Brookfield? Do you think it's going to be another easy cakewalk for the Colts, or are they up against it a little harder? Um, it took overtime last year. Um, we don't have this individual individual anymore. He actually now plays with Brookfield. Uh, Dustin Suds, we had him last year, um, and we sent him off to Brookfield. He actually scored for us in overtime last year in Brookfield. And it, and it was also, uh, it also took East Tant, um overtime last Saturday at the Don Henderson. So, um, it, it's not an easy barn to play in, and um, I, I got the privilege to talk to a guy that uh, covers Junior B hockey this week, and each team in the in the Sid Road division, or sorry, the Fred Fox division, is not an easy team to play. And um, one point I will I will um, mention is you know Josh Moore, who who we've lost after the Bookfield game, um, the huge anchor for us on the back end, and not having him quarterback the power play or quarterback the the blue line um, really hurts. Um, and I think it's safe to say it took him about a year and a half to uh, to get his junior B legs, and um, you know. You you um, you mentioned Crosley. Crosley is a 2000, so he's got you know he's been in the league. He's he's uh, played played with the Yarmouth Mariners Junior A, so he's got the experience and he's got to teach these young defensemen right now um, the Junior B way to play defense. And uh, not to not to uh, shy away from Brookfield, but um, it's it's a it's a hard burn to play in as uh, it is in Liverpool or East Hans or Sackville for that matter. So um, each team's going to be tough to, to, to play and uh, there's a possible 16 points right now to uh, to get before the, the Christmas break and, and we've got about you know, five home games left and seven or, seven or so on the road. So all, all of December we're on the road. So um, it's going to be very tough to get some points in December um, before the break, and we want to come out, um, or we want to um, go into the break on a high with uh, you know being on top. So um, that's that's the main focus, I believe, is uh, what the what the coaches want um, before that break happens. So well, it um, starts with as far as Brookfield. As far as Brookfield, it's going to be a, a tough place to play. And Danny Walsh is uh, a top-notch goaltender. He stopped over 60 shots. And the, um, the overtime win against these Dance. so it's not going to be a cakewalk um, throughout the whole Fred Fox division um, throughout this short season. So, well, you know, it's building blocks, right? You're talking about getting those points and getting set up for yourself for the future. The building blocks start tonight against Sackville, obviously, and then tomorrow with the Brookfield Elks. 100%, yeah. Cannot wait for the Colts to get back onto the ice. Cannot wait to get the call, the ones and the twos. Want to do a shout out right now to Gerard. He was a gentleman who set up our video play-by-play and everything set up. Unfortunately, he will not be with us for the rest of the season due to health complications. Want to give a tip of the cap to him. Was a wonder working with him. Uh, hope everything goes well and smooth and we see you back next year, good sir. 
and uh, looking forward to working with Brian Vino on the camera and hopefully projecting the game the way it needs to be done, but it's going to be a little different than we've been doing it. But again, tip of the cap to Gerard, and we'll see you around the rink soon, buddy. So, yes, sir. Yeah, he, uh, he, does, he does a lot of great work in, in the Junior B League, so I do hope that he uh, is able to be back, be back at the rink very soon. So. 100%. Well, we'll switch gears here, obviously. We'll do a little bit of talk here now around the NHL. And the rumblings right now, and Kyle, you can back this up, and Jamie, you've probably seen the post or heard the episode. I said that there were owners that were out there that were saying that they may just boycott the season and they don't want to start it. And looking, lo and behold, last night Don Cherry comes out with the same thing. Now Elliot Friedman's talking about it. A lot of different owners are saying that they don't want to start the season. Now, I said to Jen last night that this is probably a ploy from some of these owners who are absolutely either against the cap or need to free up some space to do some different things down the line, and they want to have amnesty buyouts. And this is one way that owners can get what they want for their GM or get what they want for their team. It may not be a buyout. It may be something that they're looking for from the league, whether it's financial stability, whether it's whatever. This is the only card they have to play, which is to say, well, no, we're not going to put our team on the ice. We're not going to join your come back to the league thing. So what we're going to do is we're going to boycott or we're going to sit out or we're going to vote against it, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm wondering from you guys, before we dive into the other things that have come up lately, what do you think of owners sitting there and dangling that carrot in front of Gary Bettman and saying, hey, we have this card. We're not going to come back unless you give us X, Y, and Z. And, of course, we'll never know unless it comes out to the public what X, Y, and Z are, um, unless it's an amnesty bio, because obviously we'll see those. But I'm just wondering, what do you guys think of this? And I'll, I'll start with you, Jamie. Um, to be honest, like I, I haven't really been following the NHL um whether it's the 48 game schedule or if they do or don't have the, have the league, um, I've been following a lot of Bob McKenzie this week, and it's uh, I'm really focused on the World Junior side of things, um, as everyone would like to see in Christmas time, World Juniors. And um, as far as the NHL, um, you're 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 absolutely right. It, maybe some of the owners want to have some cat space or want to. Uh, we mentioned this in the last time we spoke over the summer. Um, I'm not really into the politics or the the financial. Um, not really into the financial of the NHL, um, whether it's a 48 game schedule or if uh, you know whether Lafreniere plays World Juniors or the Rangers start in January. There's a lot of a lot of um, talk, and right now um, Bob McKenzie was on the Rod Peterson show this week and, and just kind of talked about the World Junior. So I think um, maybe just put the NHL to a side. Let's be very um, optimistic as, as James Duffy's bags are packed for uh, the World Juniors that are going to be played in Edmonton, uh, at the in, in the Edmonton bubble. So I'm really looking forward to that and uh, to, to, to stay positive and just keep keep up to date on World Junior. So um, I'll, I'll let that, I'll let Kyle answer that question if, uh, if I can. Yeah, no, and uh, I mean, it's, uh, we, we, we've talked about it off, off the show in our, in our chats and whatever. Um, I, it's, you, you knew those owners were out there, but we didn't, you didn't think they would, uh, they would surface, but it's funny they did. Um, 
I mean, hey, Don Cherry breaking some, breaking some news for y'all. How about it? Eh? Hey, <laughs> and you guys were all all looking at me like, hey, you know, what do you mean? I didn't see any of this. Yeah, and it, it wasn't widely talked about. Nobody, I never, I didn't hear anything about it. And I mean, at that point, you, you don't know what stories are what and who's talking from where. And people are trying to get stories going. And um, but hey, what a turn of events! And like, wouldn't it be? I mean, it, it only takes a couple teams to uh, to do what you said, dude. And you know, just say, hey, we're not we're not coming back. We don't feel comfortable with uh, how you guys want to do things or whatever the case may be. And we're going to take a stand. And I mean, after that, I mean, it only takes a, it takes a little bit of traction for it to gain enough traction, right? So, um, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I've said it all along. I'm not a big fan of, you know, these weird hockey times and all that stuff. I mean, I get you have to fulfill obligations and you have to, you know, you have to, you know, provide your 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 contracts with the amount of games you've offered them to do. But, um, I mean, it's going to be it's gonna be tricky. And coming into the TV deal, all that's online, I mean, uh, it's it's getting messy really quick, and uh, I think we're set up for a for a lot big uh, bigger awakening. I mean, um, you know, you can't you can't hide. I mean, Ontario's having bad time with COVID. Um, I mean, it's coming across Manitoba as well. You know, you see other other leagues starting to have to suspend play and stuff. Um, I mean, it's only a matter of time before there's too much, and even the government doesn't want to get on board, right? So. Um, no, it's very, it's very interesting to see what goes on. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely following this story now. I remember when it popped up, but uh, you tagged me. I was like, yeah, here we go. I guess, I guess it's, uh, <laughs> I guess, but, but look at it in a matter of not even 24 full hours and how much steam it's already gaining, right? So yeah. um, the, the government didn't, the, the government didn't want to give the CSL money. So you know, the, the, this government's not going to want to give out money when it, uh, it doesn't make sense to them. So no, um, I mean the, the NHL has the full. Yeah, well, the NHL's got the money too, right? We we all have to realize oh, yeah. that they they don't need they don't need the government to hand them any money. They they need them to to say, hey, you guys are allowed to play and have your Canadian division, et cetera, et cetera, right? And what what I want to ask you, you know, obviously we're talking about this point here, and you look at this, and uh, Jamie, this isn't about uh, numbers or anything about this is nuts and bolts. How excited would you be? Because if you look at Pierre LeBron, there's someone you should follow about this stuff that's going on right now for hockey. Um, one of the proposed ideas is to kind of go to a baseball model where teams will play them each other two to three times in a row before moving on to their next opponent. So imagine a mini two to three game series against Montreal for Toronto or against oh, wow. Ottawa or, you know, Calgary. You have Calgary and Edmonton in a three game series. The vitriol, the hate, just the build up to those kind of things. How fun would that be for an all Canadian division? That would be freaking awesome. Hundred percent. Wow. Yeah. At Battle of Alberta, imagine in a seven-day period, you have uh, Calgary and Edmonton playing four times in seven days, and three times in seven days, and Toronto, Montreal, three times in seven days. And um, you know, it's ha- it's. Ha- I'll give you an example. Um, and we might be going off topic, but I was at the Halifax Mooseheads game on Saturday. The Metro Center is doing it very. Very good job with social distancing, um, different entrances and stuff like that. Um, and I asked the, the guy I was with, you know, um, do you enjoy seeing the St. John Sea Dog five or six times? And he, it, it'll get tiring after a while, but and and that may happen. Um, but you know, like Montreal, Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, Ottawa, um, keep the, keep the West out in the West. And there was also that you know Dallas could be a bubble. 
a te- another team around St. Louis could be a bubble. Vancouver could be a bubble. Edmonton, Toronto, like each um, place could be a bubble and just have games like six teams in a bubble or something. Like that's been discussed. But regardless, or regards to what you were saying with Pierre LeBron, yeah, like that that makes sense. Like Toronto played uh, only played New York and they played teams in in that in their area, right, Buffalo or. No, it would, it, would, it would strictly be the Canadian division because they wouldn't. They're they're not allowed to go across the border, so it'd only be a Canadian division. Okay. So you'd play you play Ottawa, Montreal, uh, Winnipeg, Calgary, Vancouver, Edmonton. So that's who you'd play oh, okay. all season long. Okay, that's if the border doesn't open up, and I don't imagine the border's going to open up anytime soon. So yeah, the the Canadian division does make sense, and I, I'm not really sure how the alignment's going to work out. But um, you know, having Toronto, Montreal play, you know, however many days in a, in a week, that that's fine by me. But uh, it may get tiring after a little bit. But you know, it's um, there's a rivalry there, so it's going to get heated pretty quick. What say you, Mister Outridge? Oh man! Uh, I mean, I'm all I'm all for it. I mean, if we're if they're gonna play, um, bringing you okay. over, bringing yeah. you to the dark side. <laughs> you gotta, like what I mean? Uh, I mean, I, hey, I, I, you see it, you see that even in junior right now. I mean, they're they're stuck in these little two, three game team bubbles, right? So um, you play you play the same team a few times and then move on. And um, I mean, it'll be different. Um, I mean, it'll be it'll make for some intense some intense yeah, hockey cookies. after a couple games. We have cookies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I still stand by my point that uh, you know it's it's it, it's taking away from the whole how it's how we actually decide these things. Because I mean, at the end of the day, so let's just say Ottawa comes out and they're absolutely trash again this season, and they just can't figure out how to win hockey games. And I mean, you you get let's just say you know for all intents purposes, we'll say we'll, we say Toronto's playing them. And I mean, Toronto on paper right about now looks like they would just walk all over Ottawa and and, and with their eyes closed. Um, so what says you get three? Like you get majority of your games playing the crap team, and this team's got it. Like and then you got Calgary and Edmonton having to play each other with their you know two two pretty highly touted teams that should you know pretty do some pretty good damage and. Like, you know, how do you really ma- mash well, all that together and then say... What they're saying the is, though, e- each team would get to play each other an even amount of times, right? So it wouldn't be Toronto facing Ottawa no, 20 you're times. you're still in the bubble, right? You're still in a Canadian boat, so you're only playing Canadian teams. Yeah, but at the same time, everybody's get the same advantage, right? Everybody plays Ottawa yeah, four well, times know, or whatever. I know, and I know it's the same, but it takes away the whole thing. Like, this is how, like, how do you compare all season long to just playing certain teams in a certain style? Because at the end of the day... The East is play different style than the than the Carolina teams and the and the and the and the California teams. I mean, it's it's all different, right? At the end of the day. But maybe this will be the year that Toronto gets to play Eastern based teams at the same time and a Western style at the same time, and come out maybe a little bit more grizzled because you got to grind it out when you play the Edmontons and Calgarys and Vancouver, and then you got to play a little bit more finesse when you play. The Canadians in Ottawa and Winnipeg. Yeah, it's right here. It's just, and like I said, you can get into it. And I could get into it. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm going to sit there. You'll and get into it. You'll get I into it. I've said this every step of the way. Like, I'm going to be that guy that's going to be in front of the TV yelling and screaming at the Leafs and kicking in chairs and doing whatever I do and they push me off. But we won't talk about that on the air. That's, that's for another time. But, you know, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's just like, then you look at it and you're like, okay, like, I'm one of those guys, like, yeah, you should get an asterisk for this year because it's just, 
it's not even real. And that's what I tried to tried to mention earlier, like Buffalo, you know, Buffalo and stay within Buffalo and play the New York teams and and it'd be great to see Buffalo, New York, you know, Toronto, Montreal, um, and then have, you know, Chicago play Dallas. Um, you know, that's what I meant earlier about maybe having four bubbles. Like Edmonton, I'm looking Toronto, forward to Minnesota, Buffalo, Columbus. New York. Yeah, and, um, you know, it's it just, it, it is what it is, and we'll have to, we really have to wait until January when they do finalize the season and whether it's 48 games or it'll uh, be february yeah and bob mckenzie did say this week um a 48 game schedule really doesn't make sense um he sees more of a 60 game schedule being played and you know that's fine by me like i said um i'm just hoping for the world juniors to uh happen december 26th when canada plays finland and uh and it, it's good to see Kirby Doc is allowed to play with Canada. And now the next the next topic is, do we see Lafreniere play with Team Canada? But that all depends. If Rangers uh, start in January, February, um, we may or not may may or may not see Lafreniere. So those are the topics that uh, people are talking about a lot more now than whether or not the NHL starts. But all topics around the NHL uh, are very interesting. But uh, I am an all Canadian division makes. Total sense. So I, I see that happening 100%. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, we're a little bit tight on time. So you know what? I'll be excited for the Canadian division. We'll get back on. We will talk some World Juniors. Don't worry, Mr. Annecy. We'll talk again. We'll get Mark Seidel on. Obviously, he's got his uh, cap on for the World Juniors. Maybe get Craig Button to swing through. And we'll uh, we'll talk some juniors, the four of us. But, gents, I want you to have a awesome Friday the 13th. Stay out from underneath ladders, away from black cats. Yeah, and don't do anything too foolish. Uh, and, Jamie, I will see you at the rink. I'd like to say one thing for viewers that are actually we're going to listen in when, when this drops on Twitter. Um, this month uh, is Cancer Awareness Month. So for everyone that, that tunes in, uh, try to hop on Howard Chuck Strong and donate to uh, that uh, charity. It's Cancer Awareness Month. So uh, hopefully all of you can... Donate uh, once you hear this uh, podcast uh, this, sometime this week. So just wanted to add that to the uh, conversation. No problem. Definitely a worthwhile cause. Make sure you get over to HowardChuckStrong.com and toss a donation in there. It'll mean a lot. Obviously, this month is Cancer Awareness Month, and we all know each yeah. of us has probably been affected in some sort of way by cancer. And, you know, we make sure we uh, we beat this thing. And uh, around here we have some stickers. I won't say the word, but... Uh, if you turn it sideways, you need to read it. You know exactly what I'm trying to say. It's something cancer, and that's what we all need to do. And-